screen. Yeldon, 30, 25. Make 20, a man miss. Right. He's going to go. He's yes. Utah shovel pass in the middle, picked up by Darius, Marcel Darius, Darius to the 15, he spins to the 5, touchdown! Must win to make the NCAA tournament, Sexton, got it, he got it, he got it! Here's Tua, stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown, Alabama, Devontae Smith! Touchdown, Alabama! I'd like for the people to remember me as being a, a winner, because I ain't never been nothing but a winner. What's going on, guys? Uh, welcome back to another episode of the uh, Crimson Crackers podcast. Um, I don't know why we pick. We pick different days for every episode, but uh, I believe, yeah, it's about to be Wednesday or whatever. But, um, yeah, a lot of stuff happened again. And, um a lot to look forward to this week, I think. Yeah, very much so. We have a tea time tomorrow at uh, 1240 at the most random time. So uh, we'll um, probably die out there, you know, get get hit pretty hard with that, uh, the the devil called the sun. <laughs> but uh, hopefully some Gatorades and some a couple snacks will help us push through. Yeah. It'll be the first uh... – Crimson Crackers Invitational. Yep, that's for sure. At the Ballantry Golf in Pelham, Alabama. Yeah, and I plan to give y'all a free pay-per-view uh, on some shots. But, uh, yeah, I don't expect much out of it because I haven't played in a year. So, I, I, might, just, I, might, just, I might just fake a hole-in-one for the hell of it. <laughs> but, uh, I know you'll probably don't want to hear about our uh, amateur golf play or what, what's, what's going to come, but um, you know, the conference finals started, which we never really talk about the NBA because it's a it's just politically it's a screwed up league, in my opinion. I'm going to have to get into that. But, um, yeah, I mean, right now the, the playoffs are rolling and the conference finals started uh, last night with uh, Jimmy Butler taking over against the Celtics. Yeah, pretty anticlimactic um, opener to the uh, Eastern Conference finals um, with the Heat winning by uh, 11 points uh, and Jimmy Butler absolutely like just taking over the game, scoring like 41 points, nine rebounds, uh, five assists, but wait, there's more. Yeah. Um, three blocks and four steals. Uh, talk about a all around game and a menace on the defensive side. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, if Jimmy Butler is going to, just play like that the rest of the series, you might as well just crown um, – well, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, you might as well just crown them, you know, Eastern Conference champs. I was about to say NBA champs, but, you know, the West is yeah easily as good. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that game one, you saw the Celtics. Uh, they were up eight, which I wasn't watching it. I was watching my uh, beloved Florida Panthers choke to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, big hockey guy, you know. Transplant. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Celtics were up sixty-two fifty-four, um, which is a bunch of points in the first half. Uh, that's rare to see, you know, in a in a stage this big, especially on the road. But what I saw from Jimmy Butler was not something that was rare, in my opinion. I feel like he he steps up when he needs to. Uh, he, he takes on that leadership role of being that dog that they need, 
And um, as you saw, you know, putting up 41 points. And, and another really impressive stat is that he went 17 for 18 from a from the free throw line, which is, is something that's not really ever talked about on on the level that it needs to be. Like it, it's very important to for these superstars to take advantage of free throws, which we saw Giannis pull up with 50, you know, in that last game last year to seal the seal their championship. He went like maybe 13 for 13 or something. Yeah, it, was, it was like 92 percent from the field yeah but I, th- I think jimmy butler he's kind of putting on that that role of like i'm gonna do whatever it takes to uh you know to beat boston which i'm glad he is because i'm not really a fan of what boston is and you know their, their uh, fan base is pretty cancerous so um i'm all about that heat culture baby yeah i would say that jason tatum once again you know you know when the when the light's brightest he he, he he knows how to perform, but not perform up to the par as the as say Jimmy Butler did. I mean, um, two for nine from the three point line is not that doesn't look really great. Um, and then Jalen Brown, you know, he did he he shot pretty good from three, but um, obviously, I guess the the rest of his you know supporting cast really needs to step up. I mean, um, Grant Williams, the the game seven. Uh, hero, yeah, uh, played 35 minutes with only seven points. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna, you know, Boston fans are gonna hate you if you're gonna play like that. I mean, not take any shots, whereas like the last game you played, you took all the shots nearly. Yeah, it doesn't take much for Boston fans to hate you. And I mean, if you if you pull up with 30 points in one game, the very next game, they, they expect that same exact thing, which that's not really even in basketball, too. That's for the you know, the damn Red Sox, Patriots, anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, like, even though the Heat, Heat won by 11, which was a very impressive win with Jimmy Butler, I still think the Celtics are the best team out of the two uh, all around. You know, defensively, that, that's what's got them to where they are now. Um, and playmakers like, like Tatum and Brown. But, you know, without Tatum and – without Tatum having the help from guys like Williams or Horford um, or even Marcus Smart on a couple shots, it's hard for them to – you know, control games. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they're very, they're very, um, they're very conservative. They don't want to be aggressive when, when it need, may need to be aggressive, I would say. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that's why they have guys like Tatum and Brown to take over, not take over games, but to just be really, really efficient on the, uh, on the offensive side. Uh, which I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens when this, uh, when the series gets back to, gets back to the garden in Boston. Um, Cause I think right now it looks like the heat are just going to dominate, you know, on their home court, which. Yeah. They'll probably take it 2-0. I wouldn't be really surprised if they do. Yeah. If the heat steal one on the, on, I think, I think the heat are going to win game two. And I think if they steal either game three or four, the series is done. Yeah. Which of course, if it's 3-0, it's going to be done. Cause that's just logic. Uh, but you know, even though the Eastern Conference has a lot of great teams, I'm I'm more intrigued by what what is left in the Western Conference. Yeah, the uh, like I said uh, before starting this, um, like I completely was unaware that uh, Dallas even really forced a Game Seven with um with the Suns. I just remember it being the Suns up being or the Suns were up three two, and I was like, all right, I guess this is a series, and mm-hmm. had no idea that they had a Game Seven going on, and then. It wasn't even a game seven, really, because Dallas just straight up just spanked the shit out of the Suns. They didn't even show up, really. 
Yeah, Booker and CB3 did their ba- – well, CB3 did his basic shit on game sevens. He has never won a game seven in his entire career. That isn't – I think he's like maybe 0 for 8. That's a ridiculous stat. Ridiculous. He – yeah, like what Patrick Beverly said he was never going to – no, it was Ray John Rondo said that CP3 was never going to win a ring. And, like, that was like 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. it's really looking like that's – that's he was talking the truth. Yeah, I mean they held they held the Phoenix Suns to twenty seven points in a in one half, and uh, on their home court, uh, they had the best record in the league, which some people just don't they didn't really respect it, which I see why I see now why. Yeah, uh, a lot of those games were kind of fluke flukish. Uh, I still thought the Suns were maybe the favorite to win the title going into the playoffs, but Luka Doncic he's just he's a monster when he needs to be and. You know, shout out to Jalen Brunson. That dude, that dude's a shot maker. And I, I, I thought I thought he was gonna be really good out of college too. And uh watching him at Villanova. Yeah, it just shows another reason why the Atlanta Hawks literally just fucked themselves by drafting Luca just to trade for Trey Young. And I keep seeing I keep seeing, oh, the Trey Young Luca trade was such a fair deal. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. Uh the Hawks sent away like LeBron and then got back like Ray Allen, which Ray <laughs> Allen's really good, but like he's not going to win you. He's not going to be your number one dude. No, unless he needs to save LeBron for a, uh, a title yeah. from San Antonio. You know, throw and three that, and make something, but he's not going to do anything on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's, that's another one of them games that LeBron just gets all the credit for, even though Ray Allen saved his ass in Miami. Um, but yeah, I think the Mavs are playing Golden State. Uh, Golden State, when there's been times in the, in these last th- last two rounds where I thought they were going to stumble a little bit or they were falling apart a little bit, um, especially in Memphis because John Morant went down, I believe in game, I believe in game five, and they lost by like fifty eight points. Oh, that was ridiculous, and uh, Memphis had a lot of momentum even without Morant going back to Golden State and uh, seeing seeing basically the old core of what Golden State was built on, you know, guys like Dr- Curry, Draymond, and and Clay, you know, those guys are starting to take on those roles again of, you know, those two being shooters mm-hmm. and then Draymond, you know, being the defensive anchor that he needs to be, which you also have additions like Jordan Poole, which he's coming into his own, you know, own stature of a an elite basketball player. Um, He's one of the most – he's one of the greatest drivers of a basketball I've seen. The way he can get from point A to point B with the ball in his hands is, is very impressive. And uh, it's going to be very hard for the Mavs to stop that, I think. Yeah, if, if Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are both, you know, if one of them is just hot, then it's going to be – it's going to be a rough night for the Mavs, I think. And, uh, and um, I really think that if you can expose – and get some, you know, difficult uh, mismatch uh, matchups on uh, mm-hmm. on uh, Draymond, then, you know, you have a tough time of him defending because, you know, if he's on, say, if he's in, if he's, if, if, if he's in a pick and roll situation where, you know, Luca's, you know, halfway to the basket and he gets, and Draymond gets caught in a screen, like, if that just keeps happening, like, they're not going to, they're not going to have time to really, you know, to really change that. 
Yeah, I just remember watching Curry, Clay, and and you know, not Draymond. Draymond wasn't really a shooter, but watching Curry and Clay back in the in those finals against LeBron, there were just points in the game where they would make every defensive stop, and then every single possession they would get down there and, and make a three pointer in like three in less than three seconds. Yeah, it was like it was like it just turned into a, a damn like a fast break three every time. It just turned into a microwave. Boom, 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 boom. It was just shot after shot after shot. Yeah, like, I, I see a lot of these sustain this. Yeah, I see a lot of those same elements with uh, you know, this team right now. Uh, you know, I love what Golden State does. That the way that they present themselves on the court. Um, they're they're probably the most centered team I've I've seen. Like, well rounded, I guess, left in the playoffs, in my opinion. Just yeah, because of how how great shooters they have and how important that is to win games, and um, if honestly, if I had to pick a game, pick a winner out of these out of the, you know, last four remaining, I'd probably pick Golden State just because of how good Curry and Clay are in the, uh, you know, in the finals. Yeah, if this is you know unfamiliar territory with I guess the Mavs as of recent, and definitely for Luca because they, yeah, they like they haven't gotten to this far since like 2011, so. Um, and then this is, you know, Luca's deepest run in the playoffs. So, I mean, and then the Warriors, they, they've been here. They've been here plenty of times. So, uh, I think that if, you know, say Luca has a bad game, he doesn't – if he gets down on himself mm-hmm. he, and he loses confidence. Like, That's Dallas's last chance. They don't have anything uh, left. Golden State will swallow that up and they'll, they'll, they'll put you down. Yeah, they will. But um, I love the Mavericks, though. I mean, I love watching Luca, even though he's – Slow as a damn turtle, <laughs> but he's very fun to watch because he's like a tank, though. Yeah, he it's like he does a bunch of crossovers and dribble moves, you know, on the top of the key, and then he's like, "Oh shit, these aren't working." Okay, I'll just do a step back three in his face. Yeah, and it works every time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> <laughs> I never know. I mean, I I didn't think the Mavs had a chance against the, against the Suns, uh, but from what I saw, that being down three two, they have that grit when they need to need to prevail. Uh, so the Warriors better watch out, but yeah, I, I love the Warriors in this position, and um, you know, give me, give me the Warriors to uh to hang out with Bill Russell at the very end of this. Yeah, I think um this is you know this 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 series could really go either way, but I think I think the Warriors will probably win in uh, six, maybe maybe five. I'll go five. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. If, I mean, I was I was really impressed with how Golden State beat Memphis. Uh, and people think of Memphis as like the old Memphis of being like that six or seven seed usually, but they were the two seed and they, at one point they're, they're the hottest teams in the, in the league. So, uh, yeah, I love where the Warriors are at. Um, give me, give me Curry to win as a, what is it? What, what would it be? His fourth or fourth, right? His fifth. Oh, is that because he dominated LeBron in like every finals except one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Then they got KD. Oh yeah, which I don't care. It's team one two game. without KD, one two with KD. Team game, no excuses. Yep. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I love the NBA. I'm a diehard NBA guy, but <laughs> I got to get back to my boy Nick Saban. Um, we we heard him talk at the Regions Championship, which is uh, I tell to Greystone, um, fuck that place because. Uh, I tried to uh, drop something off for my mom, and they just to enter that place, they 
they uh it made me feel like i was like coming into mexico yeah they're pretty they're pretty uh they're pretty secure i'd say yeah uh i told the guy at front i was like so like damn is this like this serious i just need to drop something off and he's like he said no man this is graystone (laughs) (laughs) and like i was just thinking i've been like i've been driving around tuscaloosa for a while and you can drive to nick saban's house and knock on his door if you want to and his his neighborhood is 10 times nicer than graystones yeah i'm like what the fuck it's like it's like if balantrade had a airport uh security <laughs> but yeah whatever i mean yeah i'm glad next seven had fun and uh steve stricker won that thing by like seven strokes but uh it's a fun event but we i think every time he goes he gets interviewed by certain you know news outlets nick saban does and uh, there was one question question that brought into mind how nick saban wanted to bring in parody to the college football world which Listen, I love Nick Saban, and I love his ideology of what he wants to bring out on the football field. But it is that's it's a very ironic statement coming from the man <laughs> that like dic- dictated what happened in college football for the last twenty years. I feel like when he says that, it's like I want us to stay here, but give us, you know, give us a little bit more, you know, more Clemson and more uh, Georgia team, you know, less of them, and give us more of like. Hey, come on, Texas. Come on, USC. Come on, Oklahoma. Like, where you at? Push down the push down the colleges that I built myself and let guys like Vanderbilt and Nebraska come up a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's when he's when, when I hear him say that I'm like, he must want like Nebraska back. Kansas <laughs> to be a, 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 a certain school like back in 2007. Scott Frost, Nick Saban for the national titles. <laughs> hey, hey, they 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 won every loss they had last season was by one touchdown. They're the greatest three and nine team to ever. It's ever. really insane. Yeah. The worst three and nine team ever to exist was Auburn in 2012. The Gene Shizik yeah, teams. That was a throw up. Yeah, I enjoyed can that. Did, can you name me that quarterback? Ooh, ooh, damn it. Um, not Kyle Frazier, Jonathan yeah. Wall. It's Jonathan Wallace. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan yeah. Wallace. I know more shit about Auburn fans than Auburn fans do. That's not because <laughs> I'm smart. It's just because all of them are dipshits. <laughs> Arrogant fucks. Yeah. Sean White, baby. <laughs> John White. Who's going to be our quarterback this year? Sean White or Jeremy Johnson? <laughs> Jeremy Johnson for Heisman. Oh, God. Yeah, and then they almost lost to Jacksonville State. I was in an outback when that was happening. That was laughable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, again, about parity, it's like it's such a hard thing to do, especially with NIL coming in. And it, everything's set up for these big schools to take advantage of it. And for a guy like Nick Saban to say, like, I want parity is such a weird thing to do. Um. I'm not, like, I guess he wants parity for the sake of, like, he just wants more people to be attracted to the game. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess he, 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 I feel like when he says that, he's, he does not want Kirby Smart to become, like, he doesn't want 
Georgia to become another Alabama. Yeah, I'm afraid of that. Yeah, so I feel like he wants, say, a South Carolina to, like, have the same advantages as Georgia and, like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't even know, really. (laughs) Vanderbilt, Mississippi State. Yeah, like a Vanderbilt to, to, to win five games. If you give Mike Leach the same resources as Nick Saban or Kirby Smart, he's still going to find a way to fuck it over. I know. He's not going to be able to just win. We're, oh, it's it's fourth and one, and they're, they're in goal line defense. Well, they're, they're not in goal line defense. They're in, like, 3-3-5. Three, three, Four vertical. They, they, they want us to run the ball. We're going to throw it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the, the guy who's holding – NCAA football back from parody is, is the guy who who wants parody. Um, and it's not really Nick Saban's fault. It's just the fact that he's just laid in the nuts on every team he's ever played. Yeah, so. he's makes everybody question their like just to coach coach college, really. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if parody will ever be found again in college football, especially if these schools like Auburn and Vanderbilt and I don't know. Teams like Wisconsin, which they're on that barrier where they're just playing in the Outback Bowl every year, and they're 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 one or two losses away from the playoff every season. Right. And most of the time, those losses are teams to like Purdue and stuff. Uh, I guess you can put Florida in that range too, which they have a new coach. Um, there's there's a lot of teams that get to that line where they can they can achieve achieve greatness, but when they have to play teams like Ohio State or Alabama, Oklahoma, it gets shut off. And that's where that line of of this parody, so called, is really what what you know stands out. Well, I mean, it's like the same thing with like those those teams that are that can, can that can actually be up to par, like a, a Penn State or an Iowa that you know say would beat Ohio State, and then the next week they would lose to like Purdue, and it's just like you you're hurting yourself by not taking every game seriously. No, I know. Just the fact that, like, I don't like you. Yeah, you just beat like 18th ranked Michigan State. That does not mean you shouldn't be ready for three and eight Northwestern. Yeah. SEC good SEC teams don't do that unless you're Auburn or you know Florida, Alabama and Georgia. When they need to win, they win. And so does Clemson. So does Ohio State. And honestly, I think Oklahoma is going to rebound again with Venables, and I think they're going to be on that same level. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Parody. Yeah, parody my ass. Um, so uh the second major is coming up, um, which it used to be the last. It was moved, it was changed a couple years ago. Uh, and it's moved up to May now. The PGA championship will be held at Southern Hills in Tulsa, Oklahoma, baby. The home of the <laughs> home of the Golden Hurricanes. We we talked about this. Uh like we always forget that Tulsa is a real place. Yeah, really, it 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 sometimes does not feel like a real place, but then you realize, well, they're a, it's actually like a solidly big city and has a you know their own university that's somehow still existing. It's one of the biggest cities in Oklahoma. I mean, I don't I don't get it, but I, I, yeah, I always forget about it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they got they got a golf tournament coming up and. Um, which gives them something to do. Because I don't think there's shit to do in Tulsa. No. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of guys coming up 
um, big names who are who are on fire. Uh, you know, of course, Scotty Scheffler has won the Masters, and uh, there's been a lot of you know resources saying that his his practice rounds at at uh, Southern Hills have, have been spectacular, and he's just dominating the course. Um, which I don't know if that really correlates to what's going to happen on, <laughs> you know, on thir- through Thursday through Sunday. Uh, it's very hard for the master champion to go back to back and, and a, uh, and, um, major titles, but the guy who I have winning actually did that back in 2015, uh, when he won at masters and then he won at chambers Bay at the U S open. I'm going to go with speed. I'm going to go with Jordan speed. I think he's going to win. Um, this is the tournament he's been looking for every year, you know, since he's looking for that grand slam. Uh, I'm probably going to be like the nine millionth person to pick Jordan Spieth to win it. <laughs> it's such a trendy thing to do every year, but uh, he played, he played really good at the Byron Nelson last week. So give me uh give me the Texan. Uh, I'm, you know, I think um, my pick's going to be Hideki Matsuyama. He's at current odds at 20, uh, 28 to one. I don't know. He he's just, you know, he won the Masters uh, once upon a time. Um, you know, he's he's always in contention to win. You know, in any given tournament, it's just I would say, you know, he has you know in in the later rounds, I'd say he 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 has some hiccups. But uh, you know, since it's going to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I just feel you know. Tulsa is very that Japanese. It's very. I feel like it's a very Japanese culture place. Very so. Asian. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it would it would make him feel home, and I bet you know there's there's a couple you know <laughs> there's a, there's a couple um you know steakhouses in in uh, Tulsa that will make him you know make his uh you know pregame meals you know tip top breakfast you know everything. I feel like. You know, he might get a call from his wife or, you know, girlfriend or I don't know. And, you know, she shall talk, please bring it home for me. And he'll, you know, maybe feel really, you know, motivated and he'll be like, you know what, this is the tournament. I'm going to turn it on. Yes, the Asian migration to Tulsa is going to happen. And that's what's going to lead. That's going to, that's what's going to lead Matsuyama. The new, the new uh, Japanese powerhouse, Tulsa. The Japanese emperor. <laughs> uh, yeah another another bet that i'm gonna ho- hopefully it's in the books uh i'm gonna pick tiger woods to uh miss the cut okay he's he's too beefy he looks very beefy he, he he was he was very buff looking in the masters but you can't really just like it's like watching a bodybuilder throw a football if you watch him throw a football it's like it'll go 20 yards and uh his swing doesn't really look flexible uh, he's probably going to – I don't know. He's going to injure something, I guess. It happens every time. Would you guess? Probably his back. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the course hole, it, the course is really long. Uh, it doesn't really fit his game. Of course, he won back in 2007, which that was that was a different Tiger. Uh, but, but in this parlay, I got, I'm going to have Tiger Woods missing the cut and from the Ozarks of Arkansas. I have John. I have the big man in American, John Daly. Okay, eight diet cokes, four packs of cigarettes. He's gonna make the cut. Is, is he? Do you know if he's gonna have a, a cart? 
if he does, he's going to win the thing. You know how big of an event <laughs> that is. He, he was he was he was at Greystone, you know, taking pictures with my aunt. That's all. That's the only way I knew he was there. She's posting on Facebook. Your aunt has a picture of John Daly. Yeah, well, it's like with four of her other housewives. So you think she's cheating? <laughs> Mike, you better check in on your wife. You need to find a way to make John Daly your uh, uncle. <laughs> Little John is now sponsored by Hooters. Well, yeah. actually, it's like a father-son sponsorship. <laughs> what a place. How 2008. America. <laughs> 2008 of John Daly. <laughs> Uh, I love John Daly. He has that beard going now. He looks like Santa Claus, and um, he's a special guy. I don't know. I, I feel good about what he's going to do this uh this upcoming tournament. He might win the whole fucking thing. <laughs> win the whole fucking thing. Open what? What major league? Major league. Yeah. Uh. So another re like there's another readjustment happening in college football. Uh, well, it's I guess it's I don't know if it's supposed to happen or if it's hypothetical, but uh, with Oklahoma and Texas coming in to, um, to the SEC, there's a new realignment of how conferences are or how the conference is going to be built. Um, instead of divisions, they're going to have something called uh, pods, which basically means that there's going to be 16 teams um, instead of eight by two. Uh, divisions there's going to be four by four pods which is strange as hell to me to think about but really it's just the word pod that throws me off yeah it's me too it's um not sure how it's gonna particularly work because say if you put alabama in one pod and you put georgia in another um are we ever gonna play georgia like, is Georgia ever going to play LSU? Is Georgia ever going to play Texas A&M? Is Georgia ever going to play Ole Miss? Like, you know, how are they going to de- decide to put how these pods? It's it, it's it's weird. Um, but then I've heard, you know, very recently of just getting rid of divisions, just having you know top to bottom. And I like um, that. You play you play half the conference one year, and then you play the the other half of the conference, you know, the next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I want a couple of games locked, like Auburn, uh, Auburn and LSU. A lot of people say that LSU probably wouldn't be a a lock for an Al- for Alabama to play every year, which I love that love that game every year. Um, it's turned into a fantastic rivalry. But yeah, again, like again with the pot, these pods or whatever, um, they the SEC would find a way for Alabama and Georgia just to play. They would just play like South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Missouri every year. It would just happen. You know, it, it's it's either going to be Alabama's doing it or Georgia's going to do it, and they're they're. I feel like they're find a way for Georgia not to play, you know, LSU, Texas A and M, Ole Miss. Yeah. You know, the teams they need to play and they haven't played in like six years. Mm-hmm. And every time they do, they just lose. Uh, yeah. And also, like the word pods, it just sounds like it's like. Uh, now all these football teams are going to be playing in outer space in these pods. We're going to be <laughs> flying in a spaceship to Mars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously they would be. I mean, if you're going to do a pod, like the pods thing, like, and there's going to be rivalry protected games, then 
you know, it just kind of takes, I guess it feel like it probably like just takes away the pods whole formula. And also, so, it also just reminds me of like high school golf when all of our teammates would just like ask for vape for vapes and they would just need like, they would say, Hey, can I, I need a pod. I need a vape. Hey, dude, pod. You got a jewel pod. Yeah. Jewel pod. That's what it is. Um, if, if they want to go to the four by four, okay, fine. I mean, as long as Alabama's not affected by it, which they won't, they wouldn't be, but like just rename it from something else from pod. It yeah, just, just, it sounds just like some them. Star Wars, Star Wars shit. Make it, make it a little bit more appealing than pods. Yeah. And again, I want, I want locked in games. I want Auburn. I want Auburn and LSU. That's all I want. Um, yeah. Maybe Tennessee, but since I've been an Alabama fan, we beat Tennessee every single year. And I know Tennessee fans probably get tired of playing us. I'm sure they do. I bet Tennessee's probably like, can we play like <laughs> Ole Miss or somebody? Like, or A&M? Well, you know, it's really hard to even know because like it's been so long since, you know, certain, certain SEC East teams have played as. SEC West teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, like Arkansas, they they don't want to play us every year. Yeah. Even though they play us good every now and then, but we still beat them. So. And they matter. have the hardest schedule in the whole, you know, <laughs> in the whole conference every single year. Yeah, they do. So, um, I don't really know where the SEC is going. I just know that there's going to be 16 teams in that. Uh. Florida's going to find a way to not be relevant. Probably. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm glad we went over the some parody as you see and uh, John Daly. Um, but it's time to get in y'all's favorite uh, segment. All right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into this shit. So, um, first question we're going to ask or bring up is what is the most overrated cereal? Okay, so I think we have a little bit of a shared opinion on this. So yeah. I'll, I guess I'll start out with the best, or not the best, but the most under, underrated cereal, in my opinion, is definitely Crave. I've been eating it for like flipping five since, years. Since it's been made, I have to. Yeah, it's it's very good, very good. Um, you don't hear about it. It's always on the freaking either bottom shelf or top shelf, and it's always hidden. Um, it's the best snacking cereal. It's the best cereal in a bowl. It's the best, you know, it's, I feel like it's the most underrated cereal. Um, and then for overrated, I would say lucky charms, uh, no sugar on the, uh, outside of the marshmallows. It's very bland. And then the marshmallows themselves are like, uh, like you said, like make, make your teeth hurt. Uh, mm -hmm. just just not not the best not the greatest not the best it's not really great at all um and then i'll probably add another one here the yeah. sour patch kids cereal <laughs> um i see it everywhere um yeah. it's been around for nearly two years what's going on why is this it's i still saw thing. i haven't ate it i haven't personally ate it but i've literally watched somebody eat it and they said it's the worst thing ever um so yeah, just insanity. What are the what are these parents feeding their kids? 
don't know. It's, it's a damn shame. Um, yeah, easily the most overrated cereal to me is Lucky Charms. The it well, first of all, it tastes like astronaut food. Okay. Um, if you want, if you can't find uh, Lucky Charms marshmallows anywhere, and you have a craving for them, just buy a box of uh, Crayola chalk chalks. <laughs> it would. It's a great substitute. Um, it is the worst. It, it it might be the least liked cereal I've ever had. Um, I would rather eat uh, frost. I would rather eat um, cornflakes by themselves. I would rather eat raisin bran. I would rather eat Rice Krispies. Okay, I cannot stand stuff that hurts my teeth and tastes that bad. And for how much love Rice, uh, for how much love Lucky Charms get, gets it pisses me off. Okay, um, Honey Bunches, Honey Bunches of Oats does not get the credit it deserves, and it is ten million times better than, than that bullshit with the leprechaun. <laughs> okay, that stupid leprechaun. Um, and they make these marshmallows such a big deal. Like you can eat these marshmallows. There's a, they have these boxes where you can just eat the marshmallows. And I'm like, are you trying to like kill people? Yeah, really. <laughs> Their teeth, your teeth are going to fall out. And it's, it's easily the worst. I, I can't stand that shit. And I'm, Ar- and I'm Irish. I'm Irish too. I'd say the best thing that Lucky Charms has contributed is make a cool scene and uh, or a funny scene in Talladega Nights where um, <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Bobby's dad calls the cops on him saying that he's got coke under his car and Ricky Bobby drives away and finds out that the coke is actually Lucky Charms and says, don't snort these Lucky Charms. Yeah, I'd rather snort cocaine any day. <laughs> It'd probably be better for me than that BS. Um. So I, I typed in this question, this next one, uh, and I didn't realize what it what it sounded like until Ryan uh, said it. So the question the question I wrote was, "What is your dream foursome?" Yeah. Um. Which I, I guess I'll say mine first, but uh, <laughs> without context of you know what this what this question actually meant. Um, my dream foursome is uh, me, Adam Sandler, my granddad, and Charles Barkley. <laughs> uh, my, uh, this is golf, by the way. It's um, golf. Okay, <laughs> golf, get your head out of the gutters. Um, for me, it'd be me, Matthew McConaughey, Joe Rogan, <laughs> and Tom Segura. You like bald men, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Tom. Yeah, with mine though, I, I think uh, Adam Sandler. I mean, he's he can drive it five hundred yards. We saw we saw proof of that in Happy Gilmore. Um, and my granddaddy's pretty funny. Uh, I know I know him pretty well. Um, and then Charles Barkley, he's he's a joke on the golf course. So I just really want what I want to happen is I want my granddad and Adam Sandler just like attack Charles Barkley from every perspective. And then, I, and then I just get to screw around. So <laughs> I'd say for me, Tom Segura, he'll just, you know, make a joke after everything. So, you know, not doesn't make anything serious about the game. So that just, you know, just be a fun day. Um, Joe Rogan, um, Joe Rogan's never golf. So this would be a fun, you know, experience for him. Definitely since he thinks that 
uh, MMA fighting is it takes more skill, not skill, but it takes more. Well, I guess it's sure, fucking it takes more skill than say uh, golf is. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, you know, hitting hitting a golf ball that's standing still is so much easier than you know fighting somebody. And I would say, you know, that's plausible, but you know, hitting hitting the ball where you want it to be is you know it's nearly impossible. <laughs> So, and then Matthew, Matthew McConaughey, because he would give us really good advice on really anything. I I would play golf with Matthew McConaughey. Just say I played golf with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw Tom Segura. He would he would find a way to like break his neck playing golf. Have you seen that <laughs> video of him dunking a basketball? Yeah, he breaks his like femur and then his oh arm God. is behind him. It's the most disgusting video I've ever seen. <laughs> um, yeah, his, yours is way better than mine. Uh, uh, and imagine if uh, Joe Rogan brought like DMT or something. Oh my gosh. Yeah, with Matthew McConaughey. Lincoln, Rogan, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd love to have a foursome with those three men. Um. <laughs> So, all right, so the next question, oh, what country do you wish got an NFL team? Now, there's a bunch of talk about, you know, Jacksonville, they're always playing in London, but I feel like that's very basic, and I feel like there's, I don't know, there's a bunch of other countries, and I, I wonder what, what, like, your opinion would be on where you want to see uh, the gridiron move to. So everybody says London because it's very boring, but if we're going to be seriously extreme with this, I'm going to go with Syria. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, the team would be the Syrian rejects. And, you know, would who would you guess would be the quarterback? We're gonna give the we're gonna give the starting job to Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> yeah, and uh get a running back, your running back could be Ray Rice. Um defensive ends could be Lauren, uh uh what's the name? Greg Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. And um your offense coordinator, offense coordinator, Jerry Sandusky. I think he's defense, but uh, offense coordinator. Yeah. No wonder he's defense. He likes he likes being physical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just just an all round you know terrible team. And Syria, what a great place because Colin Kaepernick's finally out of the U.S. and thinks you know everything about America is terrible and they're racist. So go to Syria and feel very, very, very much more included. And they need something. They need something in Syria. I don't think they have a single building anymore. Yeah, they're very, very sad. They they need some some NFL happiness. Yeah, they make good pistachios there, and they I feel like they they need to have a football team with a uh, Mr. Afro. Yes, I agree. Um. Well, now we heard about Tom Brady getting paid damn three seventy five to three seven three three hundred seventy five million dollars to to talk about football, even though we don't even know he's good yet. Um. So the NBA is going on, and I was wondering, out of all players who have played, um, who would be the best and worst commentator for the NBA? All right, so the best, this is, you know, it's pretty hard, you know, I'd say to find a, a best one, but, you know, if you want to be, you want to find the best, I'm going to go with Charles Barkley. Um, he, you know, if there's a boring game going on, like, you know, Charlotte against, I don't know, uh, the Knicks, you know. <laughs> you would find he a way knows, to make it entertaining. It's, if it's a blowout, he knows how to make it entertaining. 
And then for my worst, I'm going to say Ben Simmons because he hasn't played enough to even know the game of basketball. So how would he even know how to explain it to the, you know, audience at home? Yeah. And he's an LSU bitch, so. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, okay, well, my best one, I believe I'm going to go with Larry Bird. Uh, I love his – I love a couple of his documentaries where he talks about, you know, his trash talk and how much shit he – uh you know how much shit he brought out on the on the court um and also every time i look at the guy i laugh because he is the ugliest son of a bitch i've ever seen on on a uh on camera his nose goes over his mouth <laughs> it just makes me laugh to see how somebody could look like that but i i love larry bird and he's one of, he's one of the most stone cold players to ever uh be a part of the game um, very instinctive, very smart guy. He definitely looks like a bird. Yes, he does. Big bird. Um, uh, if you look at him, you could tell his name is Larry. You could tell his name is Bird. And you can tell he's from Indiana. <laughs> Got the that Indiana hair. Yeah. Um, yeah, the bowl cut pumpkin. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, with Larry Bird being the best, I'm going to go to my worst. And I think the worst commentator for the NBA would be Yao Ming. Um, not because he would be bad. It's just that I don't know if he speaks English. <laughs> and it would be hard. also probably rip to the people that, you know, have front row seats behind the commentators. They wouldn't be able to see anything because he's so damn big. Yeah. Uh, he, I've never seen a picture of Yao Ming where he's not smiling. Um, strange guy. Uh, whenever he got drafted, it was one of the most awkward uh draft videos I've ever seen with his family sitting in a communist China. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just don't know if I'd be able to listen to a Chinese guy talk about basketball because I don't know Chinese. Um, yeah, he's also was like made in a lab, so you know, who knows if he actually knows how to incorporate a you know, be funny because he's from China. I don't, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like every Chinese person, or at least every Chinese male, is either five foot five, or they're genetically like modified into something insane. <laughs> either they're like nine hundred pounds, or they're like eight feet tall. <laughs> there's not, there's not like a, there's not an intermediate. Well, not like a six foot male that's you know perfectly fit. Yeah. So. Yeah, not a, there's no like five foot nine, 200 pound like left handed golfers, athletic specimens, you know. So, um, yeah, I don't want to yell on the on TV. Um, so the last question if you attempted to run like Forrest Gump, the run like Forrest Gump, where he stood up from his chair in Greenbow, Alabama, and ran to California, okay. If you did that from your from where you are right now, how far would you get? So my first initial answer was like not even two and a half miles out of my neighborhood. But now that you know, if I'm thinking really real realistically, if I can get over that hump, I can probably make it to give or take probably if I have a you know a bottle of Gatorade on me, probably probably to like North Birmingham, like uh, the airport. A little bit past that. Oh, okay. Like uh, Center Point. Yeah. Okay. In between Center Point and like Tarrant, 
that's and then I'll probably get shot. So that's probably when my when I that's what would stop you from getting to California. That's what would stop me. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna uh so am I. I'm looking at as the way that he got up from his chair. Okay, no preparation. The clothes he had on, he started running. Okay, if I did that right now, if I stood up and started running, I would I think I could get to Bibb County. I could maybe get to uh shit, what's that? What's that city called? I, I drive through it like every other week. Uh, Centerville. Oh yeah. I'll get to Centerville. Um, I'd be very impressed if I ran from Shelby County to Bibb County. Uh, Forrest Gump would not approve of my lack of athletic ability, but um, if I if I'm being realistic, I, I get to Bibb County. I could uh, I could uh, become a legend there. So, all right. So uh, you know, after that uh, great interrogation right there, probably our our best one. We're going to go to uh, another top five segment. Top five, top five, top five. All right, so um, I, it took me a while to get into the NBA and what it, what it is. Uh, I've never really been a – it took me a long time to get into professional basketball. Um, so a big part of why I got into college uh, – why I got into the NBA was because of the cool uniforms. And um, so, yeah, so that's our top five segment this week. Uh, top five all-time NBA uniforms. Um, there's a lot of stuff to go into, a lot of history. So um, let's start out with, uh, you know, your list and let's see where it goes. Wait, I think we should uh, go, you say your number five, then I'll say my number five. All right, that sounds good. And then we'll go down the list. Okay. All right. At number five is MJ's Chicago Bulls jerseys. Most most notably the the white and red. I like those jerseys. A lot of history, a lot of winning. Probably the um, very very bland. Uh, but Michael Jordan makes them, uh, makes them amazing and makes them very expensive to get. Uh, the, the legitimate ones. Um, okay, my number five is yes. very recent. Uh, it was it was actually saw, it was actually played in a couple of days ago. Uh, the Suns uh, Valley uniforms. Um, even though they choked, uh, they choked in those jerseys a couple times. Yeah. Um, the value forms are very sick. Uh, you know the the framing, the the waves of like the canyon and shit. It's it's awesome. Um, even though I'm not a fan of the team, but I love I love those uh, I love those uniforms. They're that uniform. At number four, um, I have Orlando Magic White. So, oh my Shaq, gosh, Shaq era. I I made a list for this shit, and on my <laughs> number four, it says Orlando Magic White Shaq years. It, I put it. I put it in <laughs> Shaq years White. on number four. <laughs> oh my god, these same jersey. That's crazy. Yeah, I can't see it anymore. I did too. That's crazy. I can do. Oh my god, that's a. I had Orlando Magic that's White. That's a great jersey. That's insane. We had both that. Jimmy Golden, oh Shaq. Okay, what's your number three? It really is. All right, number three. Oh, oh yeah, the 80s, those are good, uh, especially like the jerseys. The how the logo is framed, yeah, it's good. That's good. 
Um, again, a bunch of winning, Irvin, Magic Johnson, uh, Abdul-Jabbar. Abdul-Jabbar, James Worthy. <laughs> Number three, uh, I have another recent one. Um, the Toronto Raptors, OVO, uh, white jerseys. Um, that year with Kawhi Leonard, um, the, those jerseys they had were sick. Not only were they sick, but they were a, a, a badass basketball team. And I, I think the fact that you had a guy like Kawhi, you know, Stone Cold Killer, and uh, yeah, jerseys that cool with a little bit of Drake influence. Which at the time I was a big Drake guy, which I still am, but I like I was obsessed with the owl. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what it meant, but I just thought it looked cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, give me those OVO whites. OVO L. Um number two, I have the Vancouver Grizzlies. We all know. We all know the Vancouver Grizzlies. So um you know, I really miss, uh, you know, they, they've tried to incorporate mm -hmm. it, you know, into their um, jerseys today. Uh, they, they'll, they'll try to do some throwbacks, but it's, it's not, it's not the same. Um, so yeah, I remember Grizzlies. It's, I even had a freaking pair of their shorts. Uh, <laughs> and like, yeah. I would wear those to school and everybody would be like, shorts, dude, man, dude, shorts. you're shorts man now. Oh, thanks, man. I feel hood. Uh, yeah, I love those, but yeah, the problem is that they, they have these throwbacks, which they would have to, they would have a throwbacks of it, but, um, it would still say Vancouver Grizzlies, even though they're playing, they're still playing in Memphis. So great. Yes. Um, my number two is, uh, Denver Nuggets, uh, white rainbow jerseys, Dikembe Mutombo years. Um, I'm in, I'm in no part of a, I'm not a gay man. But the rainbow looks yeah. looks cool in the uniform, and <laughs> I don't really I don't think the Nuggets were that good at the time. But the uh, the city outline with the mountains, pat you know the past uh, with the rainbow in the background that that was sick. And um, yeah, I, I love the Denver Nuggets uniforms and you know the rainbow baby. Hell yeah, gay rights. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> John Denver. <laughs> so for my number one, I have the Toronto okay. Raptors. Yeah, that's like the spring break uh, jersey. Where white kid wears it. Good jersey. I like that one. Yeah. Funny th the funny thing is I owned the Toronto Raptors uh, shorts, the the gold Lakers uh, throwback shorts. Shorts the man, Lakers you're the shorts, shorts man. So now. my one, two, and three, I owned all those shorts. <laughs> okay, so, um, <laughs> oh yeah, what, 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 uh, yeah, Toronto Raptors. I love the jersey. I like the dinosaur playing. I like the. I love seeing the Velociraptor dribbling a basketball. But yeah, it's just like the fact that everybody has it now. It's just, it's, it's, I don't know. It's gotten old. To me. Yeah. Great jersey though. Um, my number one is one that you already said, uh, the Vancouver Grizzlies teal, the teal jerseys. Um, I love the outline of the jerseys, like Native American. Oh, it's like, yeah, Native American, like Pacific. Oh, the outline Native American outline. Shit's sick. Uh, I don't know if y'all know big country, Jim Reeves. Like, right. he's a, he was a redneck up there. He was a center. He looks sick in that jersey. Uh, 
yeah that and their logo of like the grizzly coming over the the words with the red basketball i mean it's it's amazing and i'm a i'm a lover for teal <laughs> that's that's going to be my uh, tinder bio <laughs> I'm a lover <laughs> And plus that, that that Grizzly logo. Yeah, like, it's too bad they're the worst franchise. That's a terrible basketball at the time, but they, they look good. They looked good playing, but they yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I really need the Grizzlies to move back to Vancouver. They look sick, but um yeah, I guess that uh that's the most NBA we talked about since we started this thing. And I guess we're going to have to talk about it with the finals coming up. But once again, I hope y'all appreciate, you know, I, I, well, I appreciate, um, you know, y'all, y'all listening in and um, yeah. Hope us luck for tomorrow at the Crimson Crackers Invitational. It's going to be, there's going to be two people in the field and uh, I hope to be the champion. Again, yeah, I'm going to try to make sure that a, a I show a couple of shots to all, our, uh, to all our fans because I know y'all are going to be sitting around waiting for them tomorrow. So, you know, again, have y'all have a great weekend. Is it almost the weekend? No, it's Tuesday. Y'all have a great weekend, weekend, and then you have a great week after that, and Tuesday. then you have a great weekend after that. So, yeah, again, <laughs> uh, you know, we'll, I guess we'll see y'all later. <laughs>